Hello, welcome to Studio Stories on Amherst Island Radio. I'm your host, Lynn Waiminga, and on this program I take you on a Canadian art tour, starting here on Amherst Island and going beyond. Every episode we visit a different studio and talk to artists and artisans about their work, their beginnings, and more. We'll update cjai.ca slash studio stories with images of or links to our guests' work and sites. So be sure to take a look. Hi, welcome to studios. Hi, welcome to studio <laughs> stories. Sorry about that little technical difficulty. It was just about to play you an old interview of Mayo. But oh. today we are coming to you live from the barn because it's fundraising week. We thought we'd do an extra episode. And I am in the studio with Brian Little, who is a photographer who lives here on Amherst Island. Our listeners probably know him well from photography, but also from his Friday morning radio show. Hi, Brian. How are Hello, you? Hello, Lynn. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. I'm going to start with my very first question, which is always, hey, Brian, tell us what you do. Well, um, from a photography standpoint, um, I take pictures. The uh, I moved to Amherst Island um, 15 years ago, and the first morning that we sat down as a family to have breakfast, I looked out and there were three deer on our front lawn. And it's like, get the camera, get the camera. Quick. Um, Not knowing that there'd be three deer in the front lawn every day for 15 years. But get the camera, get the camera. And I got the camera and I've never put it down. And that's that's what living on Amherst Island is all about. Agreed. That first year, I think I took 365 sunset photos. Right. That's me at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except so. I'm digital, so I'm taking more. You were you were no, filmed back then. No, I was still then. digital back 15 then. 15 years ago? Yeah. 15 years ago. I, nice. I got my first digital camera. I used to work for a company called Drug Trading, which um, managed all the Guardian drug stores and the IDA drug yeah. stores. And I was their special events manager. I put on trade shows and did special marketing things and golf tournaments. And one of our clients was Kodak, obviously, because there was a Kodak developing thing in every drugstore. Yeah. And uh, back then when I started there, it was all um, film. And they used to provide me with all my free film and everything. And then one day the rep came in and says, I have something for you and gave me my very first digital camera. It was about the size of a brick um, and probably weighed a little bit more. And it was 1.3 megapixels. Wow. Um, Nothing is 1.3 megapixels anymore. But I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And it retailed for, I I think, a little over $900 back then for 1.3. You get that in a cereal box now. Yeah. So uh, that was my introduction to digital photography. Of course, at that point, I was still using film. Um, and continued to use film, except for the odd thing with this little toy. Right. And it happened to coincide with uh, around the same time when the twins were born. So the first pictures I had with that were of the newborn twins. And then they, a little while later, they upgraded me to a 3.2 megapixel and then a 6 megapixel. And then um, it was, then I moved here. And that's when I got into the um, digital SLRs. Right. So, uh, as far as photography goes, how did you start? Um, Just like everyone else, I like taking pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, It, it, I guess, was a bit of a hobby. And then people started saying, can I I buy that? Uh, You know, I really like your picture of the Muskoka chairs. Can I buy it? And it's like, at first, no, no, you can have it. You can have it. And you end up giving away so many pictures that finally... Um, you have to say, yes, it's a dollar. And, uh, (laughs) but eventually it got to a point where I was actually selling a few and I got into, uh, um, a couple of magazines and with pictures and that. And I thought that's cool. And then I had, I was here on the Island. We just moved to the Island and about a year afterwards, whatever. And Molly Stroyman came to me and said, I understand you're a photographer. Would you like to have a show in the lodge? Nice. And I thought, wow, my (laughs) own show. Do I have enough pictures? And I said, yes, of course. And I thought, well, this will be the litmus test to see whether or not 
um, I can actually do this or if I'm any good at it. And I furiously, I bought a, a printer that would print 13 inches by 19 inches. And I went to I, Ikea in uh, Ottawa and bought a ton of frames because <laughs> um, you can't, you can't afford to have stuff custom framed. Mm. It's just because it will cost way more than yeah. everything else. So I bought a lot of frames and all this. I ended up hanging 51 pictures in the lodge. That's pretty good. Yep. Well done. And uh, on opening day, I sold 38 of them. Well done. And it was like, oh my God. And uh, everyone was $125 and they were going out like crazy. And uh, I, that was the thing that convinced me that maybe I should keep doing this. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Since then, uh, I work at a trade show twice a year. I help put on a trade show. It's now called the Canadian Gift Fair or whatever. At the time, it was the Canadian Gift and Tableware Association show. But it's a huge, huge show. And there, one of the booths there was a woman from a company called Lila's that sells... They sell pictures. They sell them to Walmart and Bowerings mm. and HomeSense and all these places, as well as uh, many galleries and stuff like that. They do wholesale stuff. And she saw some of my pictures because I was showing someone else at the show. And she got a hold of it and she looked at them. And the next day she came to me with the contract. And since then, they have sold 40,000 of my images. Um, and it's neat walking into a place like Home Sense or whatever, and there on the wall is something you did. Rarely do they put my signature on them, but I know I can tell what's my picture. Right. And so uh, I've been selling with them now for 10, 12 years, and it's a uh, it's great. And you can go online to lilas.ca and see uh, under you know they, you can pick their their artist and. They do paintings and drawings and as well as photography, but you can look up my stuff and there's a whole bunch of my pictures there. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, I was going to go over to the fundraising, but I just have one quick funny question because I was a kid who, my mom, hi mom, I know you're listening. Um, hi mom. <laughs> who, mom bought one of those little 110 uh, waterproof yep. cameras and so when I was 10 years old, she was like, you won't break this. You can use this. Were mm -hmm. you a kid who always had a little play camera I, I usually had, yeah, um, quite young, I had cameras. I remember, I don't remember that back as when I was a kid, because when I was a kid and you were a kid, well, we things were a, different. They didn't have little now. 110 pictures <laughs> at that, cameras at that point. I, I actually have a collection of, of all my old cameras at home, and... There's a brownie there, one of the right. ones that you have to look down yep. into the hole at the top to see the picture in front of you. At least it wasn't using flash powder. But yes, as a kid, <laughs> I used to take a lot of pictures as well. Um, but it was, I was a little older when it became almost an obsession or whatever. Right. I remember going on my very first uh, cruise with Ava before we were married. And we've been married 28 years now. Um it was this cruise had specialized in snorkeling trips. Right. So every stop we went on, we went snorkeling and they rented waterproof cameras. Nice. Of course it was film. Um, so, but I'm a, I'm a certified scuba diver as well. So these snorkeling trips, I was having a blast and with the camera, it was wonderful and got amazing pictures of everything from octopus to sharks, to barracudas, to manta rays and, you, you mentioned about the waterproof camera and all that. Yeah, it was so cool. So and fun. now I, I do own my own little waterproof digital camera, which right. is fun to play with. They are fun. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay, I've seen your photos. They come from all over the place. You yeah. do a lot of traveling. Do a lot of traveling. My, uh, my sister has MS, um, but she loves to travel and she can't do it on her own. So somebody has to push her around and... So we have an arrangement where um, she pays for my trip and I push her around because I'm a starving artist. I can't afford the travel on my own. So we have been able to go on uh, a number of trips, uh, the Caribbean, um, Alaska, New Orleans. Um, most recently, 
we went to Barcelona, got on a cruise ship and went to Casablanca and the Canary Islands and the south of Spain. Um, and of course my camera goes with me. Uh, the first one we went with her was our family had gone on a seven week trip to Europe with the, all six of us and backpacking around and with a year rail pass and Robin joined us for the last uh, um, 10 days of the trip which was spent on a cruise ship of the Greek islands. I took 16,000 pictures during oh that trip. And, uh, and the nice thing is, is if I ever make enough money to pay taxes, then all these trips are tax deductible. Right. It's a business expense. So far, haven't been able to use that. But it's <laughs> a, uh, no, I, I love to travel. Um, we have my oldest son, I have four children, and the oldest son is working in Whitehorse right now. So my wife and I are going up to Whitehorse or, or to the Yukon for the first two weeks of July and going to do side trips into Alaska and stuff like that. And I plan to be shooting the whole time while I'm up there. That's fantastic. I look forward to seeing those. Yeah. Do you have a certain subject that you lean towards that you're really interested in? Or do you take everything? I, I really shoot everything. Um, I, I do weddings. I, I don't specifically go out and advertise to do weddings. But I get a lot of word of mouth stuff and ask to do weddings. And uh, weddings are the most stressful hmm. thing that a photographer can do because you can't screw up. Yep. You don't get a second chance at the first kiss yep. and all this. So it's a, um, um, I, I do enjoy, I, I enjoy the social part of working with uh, the bride and groom and, and that, but it's a, um, I don't do a lot. I probably two a summer or so is my, my wedding and stuff. The rest of the time, it's whatever catches my eye. Right. Living wildlife. on Amherst Island is great. The wildlife, you know, owls here are, are a wonderful subject. So I try and get as many owl pictures as I can. People like to buy them. And um, any other wildlife I might find on the island. Also the, the colors, the trees, the water, the, the boats, the ferry, the, you know, I, unfortunately the last year I've spent too much time taking pictures of turbine construction yeah. but um, you know every now and then I see something I saw a beautiful uh, blue heron standing on a rock just on the water the other day with the, all the reeds coming up around him and had to slam on the brakes and shoot yeah. that always have a camera with me and uh, sometimes I like to go into the city as well and take pictures of the architecture and things like that both the old stuff here in Kingston and if I'm in Toronto I'll shoot there um, going to things like farmers markets and doing macro pictures of, of vegetables and stuff like that. Great it's, it, there's really not, um, there's nothing that I won't shoot. And, uh, Anything I also, that you gravitate towards, especially no, though? No. But I, I, wildlife is, I just yeah. like looking at the wildlife. I'm actually doing a photo workshop next Saturday. I was going to ask. At Topsy Farms, um, where, going to teach people a little bit more of how to shoot things that are moving, mm -hmm. a little more action photography, because we're going to be shooting baby lambs and baby lambs don't sit still. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the a great picture is a baby lamb. Um, I guess it's just a lamb because all lambs are babies. Correct. Grown-ups are sheep or whatever. So, but to get a picture of a lamb running towards you because they got legs going in all different directions and everything else, and it, if you can freeze that moment when it's coming right at you, it's uh, it's a great photo. So we're going to get together. We're going to spend about fifteen or twenty minutes just um, talking about the different settings on your camera, what to use, and some pointers on that. And then we're going to go out. We're going to have an hour or so of just playing with the lambs and cuddling lambs and you can do selfies with your lamb and that and then we'll uh, 
we can take uh, 15 minutes at the end or whatever and take a look at some of your pictures on the camera and I can give any pointers or stuff like that. So it should be a fun workout. And if you're interested in that, you can call Sally at Topsy Farms at 613-389-3444 and she can sign you up for that. And there's details on the website as well, topsyfarms.com. Yep. And what, what day did you say it was, next Saturday? I think it's June 2nd, Okay. which is next Saturday, unless the weather is really not cooperating, then right. we'll do it on Sunday. Sunday is the right. rain day. Cool. And Excellent. That. So that should be fun. That'll be fun. And there was only one uh, caveat, camera. Bring your digital camera. Bring your digital camera. If, you, if you're shooting film and you bring a film camera, I can still show yeah. you how to use it. What I ask is try and have a camera that has some settings other than just a cell phone camera. Yeah. I hate cell phones. Um, I don't like them as phones and I really don't like them as cameras. cameras. And it's just, I just am frustrated and I don't know enough about your iPhone to be able to give you any pointers, pointers on with that. Yeah. You can come and see the lambs anytime and take your own little pictures with your iPhones and all that. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Here's a question that I like to ask people, but this, it doesn't really, probably doesn't really occur to you. Do you, do you have any kind of routine? Like, for instance, Shirley Miller used to drive the school bus and she would always have her camera on her yeah. and she would, you know, because she was taking kids during sunrise hours yeah. and like the perfect time of day to be driving around the island. Do you have yeah. hours that you love to be out with your camera? I used to quite often and now occasionally set the alarm for 4.30 or 5 and get up and drive. We, we used to go to a cottage up in Muskoka that belonged to my aunt and we would stay there a couple of weeks every summer. And up there it was a routine getting up um, early, early in the morning and driving around um, Muskoka taking those morning shots because it's the perfect light and everything. And then I was doing it here as well. I still occasionally do it. That's when you get, you know, you can live on the island for two years and not see a deer. But if you go out at 5.30 in the morning and drive out the end of second concession. You'll see all the deer. You'll see 40 of them in <laughs> one field together waving at you and yeah. all that. You just have to be able to get up. And it's the same thing in the evening. So it is the best time to catch wildlife and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and the lighting, they're, they're, they're called the golden hours, and that's just after it's risen and just before it sets. The, the light is just, and you can see, especially if there's been a rainstorm and then the sun comes out, the lighting from that is spectacular. Right. So, um, yes, I schedule trips where I just go out driving to take pictures and hope I see it. If I can arrange that at dusk or, or not dusk, but the the couple hours before dusk um, or early in the morning, yes, by all means I do that. And I also, I always have a camera with me. I've got a backup that stays in the car and my main camera, if I'm going out specifically for that, I will take it. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I always love to ask people what their tools of choice are. And I guess that for you, that means what do you, what's your camera? What do you shoot the with? Can, I use a Canon camera. Um, this one here is a Canon 60D. And it's not the best. You know, uh, it's price-wise, this one is probably um, about $1,000 for the camera. And this lens uh, about the same. And this lens is an 18 to 270 millimeter lens, which means it's good for close-ups, but it also has a zoom feature. It's very adaptable to just about any situation, and so uh, it's wonderful for that. Um, I do have a longer lens that I use sometimes if for wildlife or something, and I have the short, I have a 50 millimeter fixed lens, which is great for um, portraits and stuff like that, as well as a couple of in-between lenses. I use Canon because I used to use Canon for film, and so I already had some lenses. Yeah. And then you hate to spend thousands of dollars on lenses and then say, I think I'll switch Canon or cameras because the Canon lens will not fit on the Nikon camera. Yeah. So I'm very happy with this. This camera is, uh, it's a, it's great for my use. Um, 
if I was a photographer for National Geographic or something, then this would be upgraded. Um, but then you're looking at, you can go up to $15,000 just for the camera and then the lens is even more than that. And uh, right. we have to sell a few more pictures of owls before that's, that's gonna right. happen. That's right, a few more pictures of owls, yeah. yep. Okay, here's a question for you. Uh, what's, what's the most challenging part of your work? Other than weddings, which are just stressful. Yeah, that's just stressful. Physically, sometimes it can be demanding. Sometimes you have to get down at ground level to get the right picture or something. Right and getting down to ground level is very easy for me. Getting back up, <laughs> not so much. Right. And uh, so that can be a challenge. Or sometimes, I know I was shooting a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge a little over a year ago. And to get the right angle, I had to stand on a little stone wall hold a, a fence with my left hand and lean out over the water with my right just so I could try and get everything in the shot. I know and, exactly where you were. Okay. <laughs> and it's a, uh, so it's, there are some physical aspects. Um, there's also, one of the other challenges is other people. And I know as a photographer, we don't own the world. But if we could just have it to ourselves for two seconds at a time every now and then. Because trying to get the shot with people moving and in and out and back, it's, it's very difficult. Especially if you're shooting around a popular tourist attraction. Right. Yeah. Where, you know, you've got your subject sitting on some magical rock or whatever and just before you take the picture eight other people run in and jump on the rock as well so it's a uh, that can be a challenge right um i also like to shoot aerial photography yes. so it's a uh, in fact i'm going up this monday to take pictures of the island now that the weather's nice and grass is green yeah. and everything else and um that can be great providing the weather is nice and it's not too choppy up there. And uh, I really in, enjoy that. There are some people who just are terrified to go up in a, in a Little. small plane yeah. as it is. Um, but I, I enjoy it immensely. And, uh, and the, we rent a plane or I rent a plane and a pilot. And uh, they think I'm nuts because before I get in the plane, I run around and I clean all the windows so that I can shoot out of them and uh, makes sense to me but it's I've, I've yet to go up in a plane where I can lean out the window but I think that would be fun too <laughs> you need to go in a chopper I, I would love to do that the Kingston helicopters or whatever is right beside the Kingston Flying Club and that and I'd always want to turn right and say can you take me up but you never know someday I did go up in a hot air balloon once and what was that like? That was amazing. I went up in, uh, when I was working for the, in the drugstore industry, um, one of, somebody took, a, one of the drug companies or whatever, uh, took a couple of us up and we went from, oh, I think Markham out, Markham out to Uxbridge or whatever. Oh, and nice. And the, it's weird. They have a chase car on the ground, which follows you. And then when it's time to land... There is no landing pad. There is no, right. like, we'll put it down there. Runway. You put it down as close to a spot as you can. And in our case, it meant going through a tree first. And because the wind changed at last minute, swung us right through a tree and down. And you hit and you sort of roll over you after you're ready to, to dive and that. So as peaceful and nice as it is up there, um, it can, the landings can be a little... A little technical and then they just throw the basket and the balloon uh, onto the trailer behind the chase car and off we go but I got some great pictures of uh, some golf courses from up there and and it was oh, yeah. a neat Mark experience. Of I guess you would. Yeah it's a, it's a neat <laughs> it's a neat experience I enjoyed that. That sounds like so much fun yeah the hot air balloon and and the flying and I you always show me your pictures of the uh, the aerial shots they're so fun. <laughs> Um, well, your house is so photogenic. It's nice <laughs> it to uh, get a picture of that. It's great. Um, okay, so the other the other question, the alternate question is, what's the most fun part of your work? 
I think the there's a lot of fun stuff about taking the pictures because I'm out doing something I love. So, and sometimes I get into situations. There was one time when I was the, uh, I got a photographer's pass to go down on the field at Richardson Stadium when Canada was playing the U.S. in a soccer, international soccer game. So I got to stand in the end zone and shoot pictures of that. And that was really cool for Super me. Super fun. Um, and some other sporting events. Probably the highlight was when we had the Stonewall Festival here two years ago or three years ago, whenever it was. And everyone from Ireland came over and Scotland and all that. And they all, and they built this beautiful uh, stone walls out here. And just, I was the official photographer for that. And I, I uh, put together a book afterwards of that weekend. Um, that was such an incredible experience. It's probably the, my favorite experience of the 15 years I've been on the island. Mm -hmm. that weekend was just so special and being able to be up close and personal photographing it was amazing and even the Irish ambassador who came to the event rather than have him cross over and we had the little ferry at the time oh of course we did they we had the uh, St. Lawrence 2 tall ship go pick him up at Bath and bring it over and I got to go over and ride back with him and and got an amazing pictures of him actually steering the ship, which he was loving it. His grandfather had been a sea captain. Oh, that's so fantastic. this for him was something really special. And to have uh, him and his wife and myself just with the crew on that ship. And it's funny because years before, the senior class at the high school here, their year-end trip was two days sailing on the St. Lawrence II through the Thousand Islands. And I went along as a parent volunteer, so I got to climb up the rigging to the top to shoot oh. down and, and take all these pictures. I used to go on all the school trips. They'd pick me to be a volunteer because they'd know they'd get a good photographic record of the Niagara Falls or Toronto or Montreal or this and that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was really cool. So, yeah, the fun stuff is that and also seeing the look on people's faces when they see the actual pictures um after you shoot a wedding or something and then showing the people and there's inevitably at least one picture in there that they just love and melt over and that and i i usually know what the best picture is and whenever i shoot a wedding when i deliver because nowadays you just deliver either a flash drive or a DVD or something with all the images on it and they can have them printed wherever they want mm -hmm. um, but I always pick what I think will be their favorite and it's usually my favorite as well and I will print it up and frame it for them when I deliver the uh, the all the pictures because I will do a minimum of a thousand pictures of a wedding and that and just to see people's expression that's a nice touch brian and i will do slideshows here and and stuff for the seniors dinner and you know i i know what picture's coming and i'm waiting to see reaction and it's all you know you have someone who was an old islander who might have passed away a few years ago or something and a picture of them comes up and everyone's just oh and melts. yeah and so it's uh i those moments are are tug at your heart and I really enjoy that yeah I well I have to say from personal experience you know we'll have a Christmas party and and of course Brian and Ava come and whoever whatever kids are around and and there's always you know one or two gems that Brian yep. takes now quick word from our sponsor Studio Stories is brought to you by Lens Lids, handmade hats and fiber art. As well as fun and functional merino wool hats, Lens Lids makes tea and coffee cozies and adorable needle felted ornaments. Find us online at lenslids.com, that's L-Y-N-N-S-L-I-D-S, -N -N -S on social media at, at @lenslids, and the studio on Amherst Island is open by appointment. Drop an email to lenslids at gmail.com or call or text 343-989-1550. Now, back to our program. I am going to, before I forget, usually I ask this at the end, but I would, I always like to let people know where they can find your work. So where can people go and see your work in person and online? Yeah, there is some. I do have a, a website 
that is, I, I don't want to say it's under construction because it's there, but it's always changing. Um, it's a very fluid website because I'm always adding pictures and stuff like that. But it's uh, at www.brianlittlephoto.com. It's very easy to, uh, to follow that. If you friend me on Facebook, I have a ton of pictures on Facebook, of course. I can't help but every time I take one that I think is really good, posting it for the world to see. Um, but also right in my house, and I live at 1355 Second Concession here on Amherst Island. Um, the whole lower level I've turned into a studio gallery and have probably, oh, at least 50, 50 images or so on, uh, on the, the walls place. there from all over the place and, uh, and also here on the island. So, and I also have books of images and, and that, and you know, if you really think you might want something and you can always give me a call and if you're within, um, driving distance of the island, I'll be happy to bring a portfolio out and you can take a look at it and, uh, we can make a deal, but everything's for sale. Um, some stuff are limited. You know, some people say, is this a limited print? And I, I usually say, yeah, it's limited to the number I can sell. Um, <laughs> but there are some that are, are really special and I have, uh, elected to keep those numbers down. Um, I have a wonderful aerial photo of, of Kingston from the air that has been very popular. Um, it was used as a fundraiser by Holy Cross Church or Holy Cross uh, school? school last year because the center of the picture is the cathedral in downtown Kingston. Oh. And then there are four other churches in the picture as well. And the people running that just loved it. And so I gave one to them to raffle off and they raised a few thousand dollars towards their mission trip to Jamaica from that picture. So that one is special. Um, but it's, uh, like I said, anything and everything is for sale. And, uh, and if there's something else that you want a picture of that I don't have, if that picture is available out there, I will do everything I can to go out and shoot it for you. Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay, so going back to the fact that you're teaching uh, next week, a little workshop, do you have any advice for photographers who are just starting out as someone who has had never taken a photography lesson in my life up until a little over a year ago i met a gentleman on the island here named mark aden bergen who is a friend of topsy farms and he has a project that he's doing um where he takes pictures of ballerinas in places where ballerinas shouldn't be um such as like bowling alleys or bars or in this case on a sheep farm and sally asked me sally bone from topsy farms asked me if i would like to come out and take pictures of him taking pictures of ballerinas and sheep and i said sure and i went out and once i got there uh, a lovely gentleman he invited me to take the pictures of the ballerinas and sheep with him and said i could use them for whatever I like or whatever. And it's so cute having these, you know, young ballerinas, they're teenage girls in their little tutus and all that dancing around with lambs dancing around them and that. So I really enjoyed that. And afterwards he was giving a full day um, course on photography and I signed up for that and went and did it with him. I don't think I learned a ton, but I learned a couple of technical things that because I don't read manuals and stuff like mm. that, it was nice to know. And um, But I really enjoyed that session, and we had a couple of ballerina models. He's actually coming to the island this afternoon oh, nice. at 4 o'clock to take pictures out at Topsy. Uh, hopefully the weather will hold for him. Um, but as far as that goes, there's you don't have to shoot always you don't have to shoot on automatic most people get a camera they immediately turn the little dial to the little green arrow which is automatic and so every picture is going to have the same exposure and be be perfect as far as the camera thinks see. it will be yeah. 
but you don't always want that. You want to work with light and everything else. Um, but at the same time, putting it on manual where you have to check the exposure, when you have to check the, uh, the speed of the shutter and all that sort of, sometimes that can be more time consuming in setting up the shot that by the time you're ready, the shot's gone. But you have some, you've got one uh, thing on you, you've got things on your camera, you've got the little person running. And that's always a good place to be when you are taking pictures that are moving. Yeah. And that sports events, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you've also, because it will speed up your shutter speed to freeze the action. At the same time, it will adjust internally the, um, your ISO um, so your aperture opens and shuts and stuff properly. I don't want to get too technical. Um, Basically how much light the, the yeah. lens is letting in. You've also got the one camera which or the one setting which is usually a picture of a mountain which is your landscape picture. So it's best for taking pictures outside of big vast things and the thing with that one is is that everything is in focus from right in front of you to the mountain way back when or whatever. So it's a great um, setting to use if you want a very, very um, deep set of exposure or whatever so that you focal can get distance. everything, the focal point, everything in focus. It's also, because it focuses to infinity, it's also the setting to use when you're taking pictures through a window. If you're on a train or out of the car window or something and you want to take a picture, by putting it on that setting, you know it's focusing beyond the glass and not focusing on the specks or streaks on the glass. So that's a, a good thing to know. That's probably the hint I give out to more people than anything else because they'll come back from their bus trip through Ireland and all we see is pictures of bus windows right. and that. So um, there is that. I think the setting I use the most is the P setting for program because as long as I set the ISO to what I want, it will set everything else. If I want, if it's more uh, your focal field, if I want to have the back fuzzy and like for portraiture, it's nice to, you want the back out of focus and just your subject in focus, um, the aperture setting is good for that. You've also got a couple of other ones, the little flower on your dial, that's for macro. So that's good for taking close in pictures of things. Um, the one thing with the mountain picture, it also will automatically turn off your flash your flash will not go. So if you're in a museum and they say, yes, you can take pictures, but no flash photography. If you put it on that mountain setting, you it'll guarantee that the flash won't automatically pop up and uh, start flashing in there. Yeah. And But it also adjusts, it does a lot of adjustments internally for lighting and all that. So it may slow down the, sh it may slow down the shutter speed because there's no flash, but hold the camera steady. Um, otherwise, when you are taking pictures with your body, your body language, keep your elbows tucked in, don't have them out there, take your, and make your yourself, your arms, and your body the tripod. Two hands. To, to take the pictures, two hands. I say that, but you'll often see me leaning out with the camera and that, but it's a, um, that's very important. I prefer to take a picture using the viewfinder rather than using the screen on the back of the camera. So many people nowadays only take pictures through the uh, screen. I'll say, could you take a picture of me and hand them my camera? And they're there holding the camera out in front of them, looking at the screen. I said, no, you have to use the viewfinder for that. Because as soon as the farther you move the camera away from your body, the more chance are it's going to shake and everything else. Right. By through the viewfinder, you're also using your face as one of your tripod points, really. And having it right up there, you can see exactly what the image is going to be, and it will. You can hold it much steadier. And 
the, there's a lot of new little point and shoot cameras that don't even have a viewfinder though that's why the drives habit me is, nuts yeah. i have one drives yeah. me nuts then when you don't you know i keep pulling it up and it's going no yeah. and i have to push it away um but it's my underwater camera so i'm usually swimming along yeah. and try and get it like that but the uh yeah no and also if it's a sunny day trying to see in the screen oh yeah is next to impossible whereas even on a sunny day if you've got the camera up to your eye you're seeing the image right excellent that, those are good points those are all good tips for everyone listening um my next question to you is if you could shoot anywhere is there a dream project dream photography project boy you know royal wedding just went by yeah no i know <laughs> and the uh Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition oh, yeah. wasn't that long mm -hmm. ago. I've always thought that that would be a uh, a fun one, actually. I can't remember. On April Fool's, um, I got a an email, and it was from the, um, oh, who were the, the angels in the ladies' underwear? Charlie's Angels? No. no. Oh, Victoria's Secret? Victoria's Secret. Okay. I got an email from Victoria's Secret from marketing director or something like that, inviting me to go on a photo shoot for Victoria's Secret. And I was like, I don't believe this. <laughs> this is amazing. And of course, I didn't realize it was April, April Fool's 1st. that day. Um, as it turns out, it was uh, my son, Angus. Of course it was. Had Yay, made Angus. up... Uh, he went and opened up an account under the Victoria's Secret name. And he sent me this one to take pictures. He sent my son Daniel one from there. To, they wanted him to go and speak at a Victoria's Secret conference or whatever. And that, so it's... Uh, oh, All right, we got good, pledges. Right? Yeah. So, um, but I'd also, I'd love to do an African safari. Mm, yeah. The uh, would be a lot of fun. Um, I would never shoot anything with a gun but i shoot Lots everything with, with my camera i've always wanted to go to australia or new zealand i don't know what i would necessarily shoot there but that has been a, a dream place to go and some of these uh, uh you know a big sporting event to be able to be down at field level for yeah. super bowl or something yeah. would be a thrill if i had the right equipment and uh or some of these National Geographic shoots where people are in the, you know, in with the silverback gorillas or something. Oh, yeah. So those would all be really, really neat opportunities. But as it stands with the with the traveling I've done and, and living here on the island, um, I can't complain about anything here. Because this <laughs> is, living here on the island has just been a photographer's dream. Yeah. Yeah, and you've had amazing opportunities mm -hmm. to take photos of things. That's fantastic. Here's a question, which I seem to never get around to. What do you wish you'd known when you first got started, say, with that, that first show at the lodge or around that time when you were first selling? What I wish is if I could turn back the time to when I was 17 or 18 years old yeah. is that I wish I had gone into photography from an educational standpoint um, to go to school for t photography to learn everything about photography so I could have got a job with Sports Illustrated or National Geographic or something like that. Um, I have a degree in recreation and leisure studies and yes I managed racket and fitness clubs for many years. And I managed a golf course and stuff. But the thought of actually my life being a highly in-demand professional photography, uh, I wish I had gone to school for that. Right. And, and failing that, I wish I could afford better equipment and had set myself up for that. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, if I was, I used to spend my money on um, beer. And, uh, and and more beer and uh, the stuff or you know you foolishly spend money I wish I had to put away had that little jar to throw the loony in every now and then yeah. so that I could afford one of those great big lenses you see guys on yeah. the sides of the uh, 
of the fields during sporting events using because those what what they are is the, because it's so big at the end it means more light can come in yeah. more light comes in you can take a faster shot so you can freeze the, the action. action and so that's uh, that's why you see the bird watchers with cameras like that and the and sports people and that so i would love to and that's not saying it'll never happen right. but now at 62 it would have been nice to have one of those when I was a little younger. Right, right. Yeah. Well, those are, yeah, that's that's interesting. And and that you didn't sort of go for it. That it wasn't, young. yeah, I, I never thought of, I wanted to be a phys ed teacher. Oh. And I went to university to be a phys ed teacher originally. Um, well, half to, to be a phys ed student and half to be a football player. Mm -hmm. And so I... Played university football, went to the Vanier Cup and all that sort of stuff. But I got injured on the way and my knee is gone and everything else. So when I realized I couldn't play football, I quit school with a year to go in my degree. And then I spent five years working, making patio stones. I worked in a lumber yard. I did you know all the that. odd job. And then uh, finally went back to school and got my degree, but it was in recreation and leisure studies. And, you know, I worked in that industry for several years, but in retrospect, I wish I had have been out taking pictures. That's a big, big deal. Everybody big has difference. regrets, but yep. you can't, you can't dwell on them. That's right. What do you do when you're not doing your business? I know you do the trade show, which is a wholesale. The trade fair. show is something that I've been doing for, oh boy, 18 years ago. Um, I used to put on, I used to manage my own trade show for the pharmacy industry. And when I left that business, a fella called me up and said, I need people who know show business. Can you help me out for a show in... Um, in January and I said sure and I've been doing that show now for 18 years uh, twice a year I used to do more I used to do it in Montreal and Toronto now I just do Toronto twice a year but it's it keeps me in touch with the industry and it's basically it I move the show in I move the show out and in the middle I just troubleshoot any uh, issues that are happening um, but like I said I do have one um, Lila's who is in these shows so I get to walk by their booth every now and then and see my my images so I do that I also do a lot of work with local artists who might be um, uh, painters or drawers or stuff like that and uh, usually if once they do a picture if it sells they never see it again whereas I can come in and I can shoot it before it sells if they want printmaking I can do that I do Christmas cards for people I do. I just did some signs for Topsy Farms. Um, I like to get creative. I'm playing Photoshop and mm -hmm. that. So that really keeps the, me busy. Plus the fact that I have four children, a demanding wife, and uh, two dogs and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I think the time is up, but I don't see anyone coming in. So I'm going to go ahead and ask another question. Sure. What uh, What is the most interesting place that you have shot oh boy from a an urban standpoint i would say it's a toss-up between new york city and new orleans okay the they are both um new york has so much energy and architecture is amazing in that new orleans the people are fascinating the culture down there is amazing. The architecture and all that. So from a urban standpoint, those are great. From a, a rural standpoint, um, certainly the island, but also up in nor uh, north, Alaska was amazing. I, you know, I've done a lot of uh, trips to the Caribbean, and it seems like no matter where you go, it's the same beach with the same little drink with an umbrella in it and everything else so it gets a little redundant whereas 
up in Alaska, it's ever changing, and uh, and I expect the same. I will see from the Yukon. When you go to Haines, Alaska, it's like going. If you go to a, the dumpster by Kentucky Fried Chicken here, you'll have a thousand seagulls out there every day. In Haines, Alaska, they're bald eagles. And whereas here we get such a thrill when we see a bald eagle, yeah. there they're like seagulls. I remember seeing uh, someone's pickup truck and they'd been fishing and they threw the stuff in the back of the pickup truck and just like their bait nut and the smell of it. And I come out and there's like 15 bald eagles sitting on the edge of the truck. And it's just like, wow. So, and, and I've done whale watching up there and, and got pictures of whales and things. So it is a... It's a special place to mm -hmm. be. I really, uh, I really enjoy that. But the, the different places too, the culture in different places is, is so neat. Greece, um, when you're in Santorini or Mykonos, all the houses are white. They all have blue trim. Right. And every picture you see of Greece, you see a white house with a blue trim. Well, those are the only two places in Greece that have white houses and blue trim. Really? Yeah. Um, People don't think that like Athens and the Acropolis and all that, that's yeah. also in Greece. You don't see a white house with blue trim there. Right. It's only up on the rim of Santorini, which is actually a volcano with the village built on the top of it. And you have to get up it by either a cable car or ride a donkey up 700 stairs. <laughs> I made the mistake of riding the donkey. Um, but up there, everything is white houses, blue trim, and mm -hmm. Mykonos is much the same. But photographically, it's beautiful. And uh, there are things, uh, Paris, I've never really enjoyed Paris that much, but it's got some beautiful opportunities for photography with the, um, the architecture and stuff yeah. like that. Um, London is the same. Scotland was beautiful. Um, I haven't been to Ireland yet. That's one place... I want to go, um, but yeah, and I and I'd like to go out and do the Grand Canyon and Utah and all that area. I've never been out there. The the Red Rocks and and yeah. stuff. That is one of these days. And my youngest kids are off to university this uh, fall, so I'm thinking next summer or something. If Ava and I can hop in the van, I'd like to do the drive out to Vancouver, then go down south. And then come back across through the uh, the west and upper Midwest and all that. That's a place nice. I've always wanted to uh, to photograph. That'd be great. Yeah, and Cape Cod. I've been there a few times. Wonderful pictures out in Cape Cod and uh, just the maritime area as well. I went to school at Acadia, so I've done spent a lot of time in Nova Scotia. And you know, there's nothing like a quaint fishing village with lobster oh, traps yeah. and stuff like that and that and the colored houses yes yeah yeah, yeah. very Beautiful. much and newfoundland is another destination point i like to be oh, yeah. i went there to wrestle in university but flew in wrestled flew out and never got to see uh, anything but i'd love to go over there and do it's on my list too. uh gross morn and and stuff like it's supposed to be spectacular yeah Amazing. All right. Well, I'm going to get uh, Brian to cue up some music. And uh, I... Where's Rudolph? Yeah, where's Rudolph? No more Rudolph. Um, I want to thank everyone who joined us. Uh, I'm sad that you didn't all call in and, you know, boost us up. But we got a few calls. We made a little money for the radio station. Um, this was has been Studio Stories. I'm your host, Lynn Wyminga, And we've been talking with photographer Brian Little, who lives here on Amherst Island. Thanks for joining us. And Lynn, thank you very much for the opportunity. This was fun. This was fun. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on our bonus Studio Stories episode as I sat in the milking shed of the dairy barn that is Amherst Island Radio's studio during fundraising week with photographer and islander Brian Little. We have some of Brian's photos and a link to the Brian Little Photography website as well as contact info at cjai.ca slash studio stories so be sure to visit. Join us next time on Studio Stories when I chat with island artist Chris Laffin.